0: What's up Grizz Nation? It is David and Candace. We got no Isaac tonight. He's is under the weather, non-COVID related by the way. Thank goodness. Just uh, just not feeling well. So we are going to uh, take care of it. We've done it before. We can definitely do it again. The Memphis Grizzlies take care of business against the Indiana Pacers. 133-103 is the final score. The Grizzlies improve the record to 51-23. They clinch a playoff spot. So, worst case scenario, and this is absolute worst case scenario, it would have to be insanity. The worst case, the Grizzlies are going to finish as the sixth seed in the West. We got some bad news today as well. John Morant, Coach Jenkins in the pregame presser, let us know that they are going to offload John Morant for at least the next two weeks. He did follow that up, saying, I fully expect him, or he, these these are not his exact words, I'm paraphrasing. But he implied that he fully expects John Rant to be ready for the playoffs, that this is more of a precautionary move because of the soreness in the knee. And from my understanding, there's no structural damage that showed up in the test that they have ran. So that's a plus. But I was worried about this game tonight after a huge win last night. Very, very emotional that you could tell from the tip last night that the Grizzlies were fired up and ready to play that Nets team at home. You had all the media coverage, national TV, and they, they've dropped some turds. When they got those national TV games, they've had some turds. Mm-hmm. That's been kind of a, a, a Grizzlies thing. They did not do that last night. We'll start talking about the Pacers game, but I definitely want to get into the Nets game. What did you like? What did you dislike? What's your biggest takeaway from this win tonight against the Pacers?
1: I just like the dominance. I like the I like the energy. I like the effort. It was consistent throughout. Um, I even think the bench came out and, and put up a good effort. Um, you know, it, it was a dominant performance. Desmond Bain showed out, had 10 threes in the first quarter, which is the most, uh, the most threes by a player in any one given quarter. So just an incredible performance all around. Um, bench put up good numbers. We had 19 from DLT, 19 from D'Anthony Milton, 16 from from uh, Tillman and even 18 from Contra. So I just like to see consistency. You want to see this team play for a full 48, especially after they dropped that game against the Houston Rockets. I mean, they just had a sort of an issue with not being able to be consistent um, even, you know, in some of those trap games lately post all-star break, that's been an issue. So uh, this is exactly what you want to see as a, as a fan, especially with the news about job coming out, you want to see this team fight for the win and for them to fight for uh, just, just to play for their. I mean, Maybe they're not fighting for anything else other than to stick to their standard, as Coach Taylor Jenkins always says, play to to your standard. And you wanted to see this team tonight, despite a back-to-back, play to their standard. That's what they did.
0: They did. And, you know, I was concerned. We we had been discussing, like, kind of the letdown that they've had post-All-Star break. And I was worried about the defense and what it had been doing since the All-Star break. And I looked that up. And their defense has still been good. They've still been in the upper part of the league whenever it comes to defensive rating. They've still been executing at a high level there. So that that translates. That's something you don't have to worry about that defense plays wherever you're at, if you're at home, if you're on the road.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With Ja Morant going down, I have a little concern. Golden State is being very cautious in the way that they're approaching things, they're, they're resting guys. You saw the other night they were in Miami and basically Jordan Poole in the bench played. Yeah. You had, you had Steph Curry setting out, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, pretty much everybody that would normally start for that team was setting out. So you're going to see them kind of load manage, if you will, that team. The Grizzlies are two and a half up after tonight's win, they're two and a half up on the Golden State Warriors from the, the two and three seed. Coach Jenkins was asked about it in the post-game press conference. Does the two or three seed matter? Do you have Is that anything that's in your mind? And, and it was very short, very simple, but very confident, no. That, that's, there was nothing else to his response. He just flat out said no. That's not anything that concerns him. So it's clear this team can win without John Morant. Are they going to win enough against the teams that they have left to maintain that 2-seed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's a tough part. I mean, coach Jenkins can cannot care, but I think it's important for this team to uh, potentially have home court advantage for two rounds going into the playoffs. I think it's a big deal. And I think it's a big deal to the players because you know, what Desmond Bain said last night in the victory against the Nets is they have a lot to pro- they want to prove in this league that they're that they're here to stay. That's what they want to do. They want to prove themselves. And so being the second or having the second best record in the NBA, I think uh, the, players, the players do care. Um, and it ultimately does matter. Uh, but I, I understand from a coach's perspective how you just want your team to play. So that's no criticism of Taylor Jenkins at all. But um, as, as a fan covering the team and, and as the players, I think it matters quite a bit to them.
0: Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. These guys, when when they've been asked about it, the players specifically, not Coach Jenkins, obviously, mm-hmm. but when the players have been asked about it, they, they've they been very clear about what their goals are. You know, that they, they want to get back to the playoffs. They want to have success. Mm-hmm. And you can just, like, the the way the post game last night, everybody, you know, Desmond Baines trying to do an interview with Malika Andrews, and, <laughs> and poor Malika nearly got taken out. Yeah. Is it, is it, the squad just comes and like mob Desmond Bain, and it's it's great to see those guys. Like the way that they meld, you don't really see it. There, there are other teams that have good chemistry, and you can tell that they get along. But these guys are super competitive, mm-hmm. and you, you you can see it, it starts with John ja Morant, and it runs down the line. One thing, a narrative that I saw a lot early about Jaron was he's he had no fight in him, or you know he doesn't have enough dog in him. Somebody. Mm-hmm with, like, we we need to get somebody around that can get some dog and Jaren. And I really – I can't say that I have heard that at all this season. Right. So, y- you really see these guys bonding together, fighting for that common goal. And and I do think it matters to them. Mm-hmm. Does it really matter if you're setting two or three who you're going to match up against? Because you – send it to two seed, you're going to face either – Denver, Minnesota are the Clippers. Yeah. Send at the three seed, it's the same three. More than likely, send it two, you're going to be in between Minnesota and L.A. And would you rather face either one of those teams than the Denver Nuggets in the first round? I don't know that I really have a preference. I, I think that, you know, like I, I've said it before on here that I think the Timberwolves are probably the toughest matchup mm-hmm. for the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies can take care of them in a, in a mm-hmm. first-round matchup. Obviously, barring Jaws' health, although that's something that I, I don't we'll, – we'll get into that in a minute. But I don't know that it really makes that much difference, whether they're two or three. The If they get past the first round, that's where it makes a difference. And yeah. so I hope that they hold on to the two seed. I have confidence in this team. But they've got an extremely tough road as they finish out the season. Their last – let's see, it's uh, seven – Five, eight, their, their last eight games, every single team that they're facing is in the play-in or they're within striking distance. San Antonio right now is the only one on the outside looking in at the play-in, and they're two games back of the 10-seed Lakers. Lakers and Pelicans are actually tied. I think Pelicans own the tiebreaker mm-hmm. is why they're ahead of them. But you're looking at Bucks, Warriors, Spurs on the road, Phoenix back at home, Utah and Denver on the road. And then you end the season at home against the Pelicans and the Celtics.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great, that's a great point, David. And I think it in a way, despite job being gone, it's, it's a great test to see where this team is. If if this team can manage to hold on to the two seed with that stretch and and playing up against that kind of competition, this team is ready. This team is ready to make a deep run in the playoffs. That's what that says to me. Um, it, it just gives them all the more confidence going into the playoffs, and you'd like to see them have that momentum going in. I think no matter what the outcome is, like you said earlier, they'll be fine. But you really do. I'm curious to see um, how Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, matches up against you know the likes of Giannis. I'm just curious to see how uh, they play defensive coverages against some of these more elite teams with better scoring options. And so we'll learn a lot about Taylor Jenkins' approach and about this overall team concept, even though Jack not, not in the lineup
0: they done an excellent job against the Nets. Yeah. And the fact great. that, you know, you look at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, 78 points combined, and you're like, how can you say that they done a great job? Because you look at everybody else on that roster, specifically the bench of that team, Patty Mills, 0 for 4, 0 points. James Johnson, 0 for 3, 0 points. Nick Claxton had 7 off the bench. Cam Thomas had 4 off the bench. Three from Kessler Edwards. He was a starting, I guess he would be the three last night, the starting three for them. Andre Drummond had 15. Bruce Brown had 13. So they. The, not that they let the stars, because when Dylan was on Kevin Durant, the matchup went pretty well. Uh, Kevin Durant was four for 11 when, when Dylan Brooks was guarding him. So it, they let the,
1: did a great job on Kevin Durant in the fourth quarter.
0: He, he did. I yeah. wish that we could have watched that matchup more throughout the game. Yep. And I I understand why they had Dylan because of his physicality. But size for size and athletic ability, I think Jaron matches up very well against Kevin Durant. In the post, Jaron went bully ball on him. Durant, I don't think, can really guard Jaron Jackson. But I think that Jaron is more than capable of not – you're not going to shut Kevin Durant down, right. but I think that he can make it hard on him.
1: Right, right, exactly. And, you know, uh, the only pushback I'll give you on, on the Nets performance, I'm, I'm super proud of this team for putting on that kind of performance, especially on the national uh, stage. But I will say that the, the Nets don't have a, a good defense, especially perimeter defense, and that's sort of where they got killed is on perimeter defense. Um, and so I'm curious to see how this team matches up against the likes of Boston again, a, a really tough defensive team or um, even against, uh, you know, the Bucs. I'm, I'm more curious about how they play against elite defenses. Um, and knowing, we know that the Nets offensively are, are, are great and that they were able to contain that from a defensive perspective on, themse- on From a defensive perspective on themselves. That was great. But I just... How do you game plan around some of the defensive schemes that you'll see that are more like what you'll see in the playoffs? So, uh, because I don't think Desmond Bain gets that wide open that often in the playoff series. I just don't. Um, and, and another thing I like to see too is this Jaron Jackson Jr. There weren't many negatives to take away from this game, but you know, he played 16 minutes tonight and he had five fouls. So you can't have that at all on any other team. You know, he he played. Other than Jared Culver, he played the least amount of minutes, um, yeah. definitely of any starter. So, you just want to see can he take this opportunity down the stretch to improve in those areas because they'll need him on offense and on defense without Ja.
0: Yeah, definitely defensively. That, that's, I know there was one specific play last night against Brooklyn. The Nets had a fast break, and I don't remember who the second guy was for the Nets, but Kyrie Irving was one of the two, and Jaron was the only Grizzly back. 1v2, Jaron stopped them. They did not score. He made them alter their shot at the rim, got the rebound, and the Grizzlies went back the other direction. I was sitting right next to Keith from Fastbreak Breakfast, and he's like, you have to put that in real for Jaron and his defensive player of the year. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. A one V two fast break. And you're able to stop them from scoring. It's insane. Like that, that was, it was great footwork. He didn't foul there and and that's, he's not getting enough to, to me, he's not getting enough talk whenever it comes to that because he has been ridiculous on the defensive end. It is a little scary. We've had some foul trouble issues with him here recently. and, And that's, It hasn't been all season. We we know that Jaron kind of had that moniker of he gets in foul trouble all the time, but he's done a really, really good job this year of that not being the case. But it has, you know, again, popped up here recently. (laughs) I am a little bit concerned about that because that's going to matter, especially if you're looking at these standings and you're looking at the teams that they could possibly match up against in that first round and guys that he could be guarding. Are you, are you going to be concerned? Is he going to have issues if they match up against Minnesota, and he's guarding Carl Anthony Towns? Is he going to have problems there? I know you're going to have Stephen Adams with, with Stephen is going to spend a lot of time guarding Carl Anthony Towns when he's out there, but the Grizzlies play a lot with Adams off the floor and Jaren at the five. And when Jaron is out there at the five, he's going to be tasked with guarding Carl Anthony Towns. Is that going to cause him any problems? If they don't match up against the Timberwolves and it's the Clippers, you've got uh, Zubak, which is a very physical big. He's not an imposing offensive guy. But can Jaron get down there and bang with him and do what he needs to do as the five? effectively without getting in foul trouble and that's that's just your first round matchups if you get into like golden state in the second round or utah in the second round then you know it's a whole different can of worms and you have to just kind of take it as it flows but i don't want to see him get into a habit far i guess you could say fall back into old habits and i see this you know the foul trouble become an issue for him
1: yeah yeah definitely I 100% agree. So we'll see as I go down the stretch. Uh, I'm very curious. It'll be an interesting time. I'd, I'd much rather be watching the starting lineup jail uh, we'll together and find their way. But, you know, you make the best out of this opportunity. And ultimately, the, the Grizzlies, will, I, I, I'm confident that they will make the best out of this opportunity and um, learn and learn and grow from it. They'll be better for it in the playoffs.
0: We cannot. It, it would be a crime if we had this show tonight and we did not talk about Mr. Do something, yeah. he, he <laughs> has been elite these last two games. He's uh, 23 against the Nets, 19 against the Pacers, knocking down the you know he, he's killing it from three. He was five for nine tonight against Indiana and I, can't I remember, he made six of ten last night against the Nets. playing it at a- like an unbelievable level. If he is playing at this level, that's trouble for the rest of the league. Yes, yeah. we were talking a little bit before the before we came on, and I don't know that this team couldn't win a first round series without Ja. I, I yeah. think that they are. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, well, they're you know they're going to steamroll whoever they play." If you're missing Ja Morant. You're going to have trouble, but I think looking at the teams that they may match up against, I think they would have a legitimate shot at beating whoever they face in the first round, even if Jaw is not healthy. Yeah. And no. DeAnthony Melton playing at this level is the reason I'm saying that. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. they, they've been really good in the next man up. Somebody goes down, somebody is ready to step in and play. They've been great at that all season long. This this version of DeAnthony Melton is what you want to see. You want to see consistency. Is he going to be a 20 points per night guy every night? I'm not convinced that that can be the case, but if he finds that consistency window where he can be 12 to 15 every night, night in and night out, and do everything else that he does, it's going to be scary. For that, that's a, That is a starting caliber player coming off of your bench, and that equals trouble.
1: Yeah, and and it's critical because one of the main knocks on this bench, one of the main struggles on this bench, there aren't many, but it's just that you don't have enough scoring. And a lot of that has been because of the inconsistency of of De'Anthony Melton. He is hot, and then he is cold. And when he is cold, boy, is he cold. But he really can be an X factor for this team in a way that we probably had not considered. I know uh, you and I and and, uh, Isaac had talked about who would come off the bench, you know, D'Anthony or Zaire or Kyle, you know, what combinations would that go? And we said it all depended on the matchup and it depended a lot on if De'Anthony Melton would make his threes is, is sort of the conclusion that we came to. And boy, is he making a statement to be a critical part of the playoff push down the stretch? Because if, like you said, if he can continue to shoot yeah, five threes tonight, five threes last night, and you know, shooting over 50% from three, Man, I, when people play us, when we play, when teams play us in the playoffs, their goal is going to be to shut down Ja. That's their number one goal: shut down Ja and let anybody else beat you. Well, if De'Anthony Melton is playing like this, De'Anthony Melton, especially it does Bain, those two will beat you every time, and you'll have to come up with a new game plan that opens up the game for Ja. So either way, um, I, if, if De'Anthony can sustain this, I'm even more excited about what this. T- this team can do this year not next year but this year
0: and I really think the teams are if that's their plan if their plan is to stop John Moran and let let everybody else do what they do Mm -hmm. that's a terrible plan yeah because John Moran has no problem distributing the ball you look at that first game when Dylan came back John Moran took fewer shots but he got he passed his teammates open He's, he's elite at getting downhill, getting into the paint. Doesn't matter what type of defensive scheme you put together, John Morant can handle the ball. John Morant can get downhill and get in the paint. He can get into the paint and cause you to collapse, and his teammates are going to be open. So if they focus super hard on that, I, I think this team will destroy them. I, yeah. Honestly, I do. And that is Melton. Melton obviously has to be shooting the ball pretty well in order for that to happen, but you have guys, one thing Dylan Brooks doesn't get enough credit for his catch and shoot ability. When he, when he shoots catch and shoot threes, he does it at an elite level and you have Dylan Brooks, Zyra Williams, who has been great at the, the catch and shoot threes. I know at one point after the all-star break, he was at like 44, 45% from three. Mm Um, Desmond Bain is another guy. He talked about in the post game tonight how he was comfortable playing without the ball, and now that he's been thrust kind of more into a a point guard type role, he's getting some comfort there, and you could see his playmaking ability starting to develop. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's another great thing for the, for the Grizzlies. But you have guys even if they run out Tyus Jones and John Morant. And I gotta be honest, I hope we don't see that lineup a lot because I don't feel like that's super effective. I don't have the numbers. I'd have to look it up to lock that in for sure. But Tyus and and, and Ja on the floor together just don't really to me, I don't feel like that's a good fit. But you it's have been,
1: it's been better this year than in the past. In the past, they've gotten destroyed. It's it's had it's been effective, but only against certain matchups.
0: I think Ja's ability to shoot the ball this year has really helped that. Yeah. And that's, you know, because Tyus can, you know, and Tyus can obviously play off the ball, but you you could take the ball out of Jaws' hand, put it into Tyus' hand because you're confident in what he's able to do. 11 points, five assists, one turnover tonight, three threes. He was three for four from three, four for five from the field. Just making smart basketball plays, you know that you can have confidence in Tyus Jones that he's going to get the ball to the right place. And that's – it's – There's a lot of people. I got distracted there. I apologize. But you got Jaron that can shoot, Zaire, Bain. The list goes on. The Grizzlies have never been in a position where they've had this many guys on the roster that can shoot the ball. They've not been a top-tier three-point shooting team in the league this year, but they have the players that have the ability to do it. I I can't really tell you why They, they haven't been in the top tier of the league but you look at these last two games, and you can see that they're more than capable of it. 21 of 42 from three tonight, 50%. You go back to last night, they were 19 of 38 for 50%. So it's taking the ball, forcing John Morant to be a playmaker instead of a scorer, I, I, I just think that's a terrible game plan for other teams because he can do that, and he can do that in elite level.
1: Well, most people are going to take their chances. I, I mean, I, I I like I think back to that Boston game, um, recently that we had we lost, and uh, the, the I think the difference in that game is open threes going down. I mean, that was pretty much Boston's strategy. Ja couldn't get much done. I mean, he had was it two points going into the half for that game. Uh, And he ultimately ended up getting, I believe he got uh, close to 30 that night, but his main goal was just to pass out. They were, he collapsed in the paint and he passed out, but the air wasn't hot that night. And Anthony Melton couldn't shoot anything. Even Bang was struggling quite a bit. He could get some layups here and there, but he sort of wouldn't, nobody could make a three really. It was just a bad shooting night. And so I think that's just a prime example of why teams will decide to probably, at least initially, play the Grizzlies that way, they want the team to prove that they can beat you in other ways. And when they, if they, if this team can
0: prove that, um, like I said, there's no, there's no
1: limit to what this team can do this year.
0: Yeah. And, and they really like, I, I see what you're saying about that game, Mm -hmm. but they were able to even fight that game up until like the last two minutes of the fourth, the Grizzlies were in that game and then the Celtics kind of pulled away there at the end. And and I think that it's – look at the shooting. I apologize. I'm looking at numbers and not talking. I shouldn't be doing that. But if you look at the stats from that night, I've, I've got them pulled up here, and you see what these guys done from the field. You know, that that was – a Desmond Bain had been slumping before mm-hmm. then, yeah. and he didn't really show up until the fourth quarter of that game. Right. And then Jaron was one for five from three that night. You go down the line, Kyle Anderson had a terrible night shooting the ball. Uh, Dylan wasn't playing. He was out. DeAnthony Melton was two for seven. So it did work. Like, it, it got Boston the win. But I feel like John Morant plays at such a high level that if he knows that's what the other team's strategy is, he's going to be able to exploit it.
1: Yeah, and I and I think I think ultimately you're right, but it's just got to be about these guys making shots, and that's why I'm encouraged. I've been encouraged with the three point shooting. It's a it's a big thing I've been looking for because uh, statistically, when you look at the scouting report on this team, like you said, they're not a good three point shooting team, and so that's a weakness they'll think they can exploit. If we can be better when it matters the most, uh, that that'll mean a lot for what this team can do
0: we got to see a little like we got extended garbage time and you know, this, the, the Grizzlies yeah. won this game by 30 tonight. So you, you saw Xavier Tillman get out there and have a monster game, you know, like that, that is, he's a rotation NBA player. He's not yeah. in rotation this year, but yeah. he's rotation quality player. It was crazy. Aldama got a little bit of a run. Yep. Have you been watching what Aldama has been doing with the hustle at all? He, he's no. been playing crazy, crazy good. And I actually um, Brandon Abrams from Grizzly Bear Blues. He covers the Hustle for them. He was uh, he was tweeting the other day the Hustle were playing, and so I, I started watching some of the videos of what Aldama was doing. And he's been like a walking double double down there, handling the ball there. There was one one video I watched. He had the ball and, and he was showing off his ability to take people off the dribble. And I'm like, ooh, that that's gonna be. Nasty next year when you didn't really see it. He was zero for three from the field tonight. Mm-hmm. Not really a great showing from him. Yeah, but I the the bar my bar for him is extremely high because of what what I've watched this coaching staff do with guys like Desmond Bain, you know Kyle Anderson and and slow mo. He had a slow mo like night tonight. Eight points, four assists, four rebounds, a still and he was, he got torched by Kevin Durant. Like, just yes, there, there's no two ways about it. He, Kevin Durant was eating him up whenever Dylan Brooks was not on the floor last night. Yeah. But he was still out there doing Kyle Anderson things. But that shoulder is jacked. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. I hope sometime between now and the end of the season that we get media access to him, I want to ask him about his shoulder because that's – uh we were sitting there last night at the game and somebody was – they were trying to holler at the ESPN guys and they were talking about Kyle Anderson and his shot. And you can really see – I call it a hitch. You can give it whatever kind of name you want, but I think hitch is very fitting. Yep you go back and you watch film of Kyle Anderson pretty much all year last year the hitch was not there and it, it's just it's bad it's it's back to what it was before last year and he done a lot of work in the offseason prior to last year to fix that to get rid of it and then then here we are it's it's right back to it and i think when you're hurting you go back to what's comfortable, you know. He yeah. he done that for so long that that's comfortable to him, so it probably doesn't put as much strain on that shoulder. But I, I just I want to see that the Kyle from last year and what he was able to do would help this team tremendously in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's 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 sort of been in some some areas it's been hard to watch. It, it there's going to be two people who I'm going to be terrified when they go to the free throw line. It's going to be Stephen Adams. And it's going to be Kyle Anderson in that order. Uh, I, I'm more worried about Stephen Adams, but you kind of understand with him. But but with Kyle, it's it's been rough. Um, I think we brought this up in our earlier podcast. You said he went from you know being high to high seventies shooting from for, from the free throw line. I think he's at sixty eight percent this year. I'm sure that that was a while ago, so those numbers might be updated. But yeah, um, it's it's tough because it, because you know that if it wasn't for that shoulder, he could be so much better of a player. Stealing could be so much higher for the team and his value. What he could bring would be so much higher, but it, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad to watch. Cause I don't know if it's something like a, uh, he hinted at his press conference in the beginning of the season, preseason. I don't know if it's something he'll ever really be able to overcome to reach his ceiling as a player.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to run through the box score from tonight's game real quick. I We haven't done that yet. Uh, and then then we'll talk a little bit more about the Nets game and go ahead and get out of here. The Grizzlies, 50 50 of 93 from the floor for 53.8%. Talked about the three-point shooting already, 21 for 42 for 50%. Free throws, 12 for 17 for 71%. 16 offensive rebounds, 39 defensive rebounds, 55 rebounds total, 34 assists. You go down the line, Zaire had five assists. Stephen Adams, six, Desmond Bain, five, Ty Jones, five, Melton had two, Kyle Anderson had four, John Conchar had four. <laughs> J- just Great ball okay. y- You know, the, the only guy, Z- um, Xavier Williams, geez louise, man, I can't
1: talk. <laughs> Xavier Tillman.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I'm mixing up X and, and Zaire and can't get the name out. Tillman was the only guy that played that did not have an assist tonight. When they move the ball, this team is really, really hard to beat. So, that great job. They didn't turn the ball over. They had 14 turnovers tonight, uh, nine block shots. one Again, final score, 133 to 103. They limit the, the Pacers to 42% from the field. They were 39 of 92, 9 of 33 from the three t- for 27%. The Pacers pull off a grizzly-like attempt from the free throw line, 16 of 23 <laughs> for 69%. A lot of great things from the Grizzlies tonight. Yep, I, I don't put a lot of weight into this victory because of this Pacers roster. The, the guys you didn't have Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Smith is not playing. Uh, Isaiah Jackson is a guy that he's a rookie that's been insanely good in, in his minutes. He's battling a concussion. He was out tonight, and of course they're missing Miles Turner. Miles Turner is their he's their paint protector. So you're missing – when you have Miles Turner gone, generally Goga is serviceable. But Isaiah Jackson can step in and protect the paint. You're missing both of those guys. The Grizzlies were able to exploit it. What do the Grizzlies do? They dominate in points in the paint. They had 54 points in the paint tonight, which actually tied the Pacers. The Pacers scored 54 in the paint as well. Mm -hmm. But this team is not healthy. They're missing a lot of guys. I'm – happy that the Grizzlies were able to take care of business because since the all-star break, that's been a question. That's been a concern for me, maybe not for everybody. And if it's not a concern for you, that's fine. But that's something that I've been worried about because they've kind of played down the competition since the all-star break. So good win for them tonight. It's a game coming off a massive win over the nets. Were they going to be up? Were they going to be ready? Are they going to take care of business And they really put their foot on the throttle and just beat this team down. And they were able to put it away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's a lot to look forward to. And um, as we look forward to the playoff picture, which we have officially clinched as of today, as we look forward to this playoff picture, uh, one thing I've noticed at least on Twitter for sure, is how the mentality is still very much. So even though we're so successful and we're the second best record in the league, the mentality is very much. So Memphis versus everybody still, the story hasn't changed. I can't imagine. I can't tell you how many comments I've seen. all the Grizzlies are going to be a first round exit. going to be a first round exit. And I, you know, you kind of want people to continue to think that way, but at the same time, you know, you have to give the, give the team respect. Most of these people, you know, if you ask them and I have asked, what team exactly do you feel like will be able to, you know, stump them in the playoffs? The answer is they don't have an answer, right? They're just, yeah. they're, just they're just saying, talking they're talk. just saying, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Y'all just, y'all go down in the playoffs and, and, and don't get me wrong. This team does have its weaknesses and its flaws, but we're talking, I mean, we're seeing a, a, a great improvement from this team, even in those areas that, that you and I were talking about earlier that we're concerned about, we're seeing some of the progression. And so I think this team like you said, with or without Jock can compete with anybody, especially in the first round. We're talking Clippers, we're talking Nuggets, you know, we're talking t- Timberwolves. We can take those teams, and so um, just you sort of brace yourself for that as you see that as you see crazy things like that on this app. Uh, it's still Memphis versus everybody. A lot of people aren't are rooting against us just for our downfall, uh, just because I guess this is a young team. But uh, I, I'm extremely proud of this team, and I think they can uh, think they can do a lot. As they, as they shake things up here but we'll see we'll see as a uh, matchup against the Celtics and uh not, not sorry the Celtics aren't next the Bucs are next right on Saturday
0: yeah, yeah Bucks on Saturday that'll be
1: the first of a long line of, of true tests for this team uh but either way outcome how, how they perform on this stretch doesn't really face my confidence one way or the other because they, they don't have Ja at the end of the day um, and that's going to be a big difference maker in, in, no matter what in the outcome of these games. So um, I'm excited.
0: I, I get so tired of dealing with those types of conversations. Yeah. The one thing the Grizzlies are getting some national media attention because of John ja Moran, because of right. what he's doing They're this. They've got the second best record in basketball for good reason. They're a good team. And you hear different stuff that oh well they're not gonna get out of the first round. Is it possible they get in the fir- get beat in the first round? Sure, yeah, it is yeah. it's a possibility. Anybody can beat anybody when it comes down to it. You go back and you look at um I can't even remember what year it was, but I know the Seattle Supersonics were the one seed, and the Kim Baby Mutumbo and the Nuggets beat them in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Nobody Nobody saw that coming That that. The supersonics had Kemp and Peyton Detlef left shrimp. That team was a good team. Nobody saw them losing in the first round. It just so happened. Denver gets into the playoffs and it's a terrible matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Mutombo was fantastic in that series. The supersonics mm-hmm. lost. So can, is it possible the Grizzlies go down in the first round? 100% possibility could happen.
1: And I, just to piggyback off that point, this is one of the craziest NBA years we've ever seen. I, I don't think yeah. much of anything is what anybody expected when we went into this season in terms of who would be the contenders and who would not be the contenders. Uh, it, probably the Warriors are the one of the consistent teams. I'm not even sure people really thought the, the Suns were going to be a dominant team in this league. So yeah, to your point, and anybody can, can beat anybody, especially in this season right here as, with as much as injuries have, I think, played a part uh, to tell a story about this season.
0: Yeah, th- th- there's been a lot of injuries. Chris Paul came back for the Suns tonight. That's huge for them. That's, you know, probably bad news for the league that that team yes. was playing well without him. Devin Booker's been doing a phenomenal job this year. But I I just want to reach through the screen and smack people. Yeah. When they have because these people that are like, all the grizzlies are going to get stomped in the first round. Yeah. Are the same folks that are out here saying John Morant doesn't deserve to be in the MVP conversation because they're 15 and 2 without him. Yep. Okay, bro. Which one is it? Are they a good team? Are they a good team or not? Because they're going to get stomped in the first round, but you can't have their best player be in the MVP conversation because the rest of the team is too good. Right. And that's not – there's just – there's no way to that. I'm not going to – we had the conversation about the MVP race. I laid it out on Twitter while that's a terrible argument. But Jaws <laughs> injury is going to keep him from being in the yeah. – tr- truly in the MVP conversation. Right. And let's be honest, Nikola Jokic deserves that award again this year. Yeah. My guess is because the media is – I really like, I don't even want to phrase it like this, but I hate the voter fatigue thing. If a guy deserves it, he deserves it. And Nikola Jokic 100% deserves the MVP this year, not to diminish what Embiid has been able to do in Philly, but you put Embiid on that Nuggets team, they're nowhere near where they're at. Not even close. You can't replace, if you put pretty much any other superstar on that Nuggets team as it's currently constructed, it's not going to end well. So for me, Jokic is the MVP. I just think that Ja, because of what the Grizzlies have done this year should be in that conversation. And you, you've got to remember, you've got to keep in mind when you have success, success breeds haters. Right, it it, they're gonna come. You look at some of the greatest names to ever play this game: Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, you know, Kareem, whoever you want to talk about, Bill Russell. Any of those guys, you go back and you look, and, and it's it's amplified more so now in this generation because of social media, and they're so much more available. But when somebody is great, when a team is doing great things, the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. Yeah, You you look at dynasty teams, and when the teams are doing great, our individuals are doing great, the haters follow. People love, love, love the hate. Memphis is a small market. You're going to get hate because it's a small market. It's always been Memphis versus everybody. It's going to keep being Memphis versus everybody. But Ja Moran is doing so much. And this team, I keep saying Ja, he's not the only member of this team. This team is fantastic. They're doing so much at a high level, that you can't ignore them anymore. You can't ignore the small market team that is second-best record in the league. You can't do it, and I'm glad that they're getting the exposure. So we'll go ahead and we'll we'll wrap it up. I don't really have much of anything else. Again, huge performance last night against the Nets. They were up for it. Dylan Brooks played well. You can go down the list. A ton of guys. Melton has been playing insane. I hope that he continues to play at that level. The Grizzlies are going to be really tough to beat if Melton's playing at that level. Um, and then just took care of business against the Pacers team. And what is easily this was the easiest game left on their schedule. They've still got a shot, eight games left. They've got a shot to get to the single season record. It got a whole lot harder to get to there. Yeah. After today's news, missing John Morant. Hate to hear that, but they've won without him this year. I believe that they can. Desmond Bain showing you what he's capable of tonight. Jaron Jackson, even though he only played 16 minutes, dropped 20 points in 16 minutes. So terrible performance As when it comes to fouls, even though there were a couple of those. Th- there was one offensive foul specifically that was all, like it, it was, oh, man, I, it hurts me to even talk about it. Just a spin move, dude flop, Jaron got the whistle. It is what it is. So yeah. I, I'm not going to beat down the rest. The Grizzlies won by 30 points. Not going to complain about that too much. So Candace, you got anything else before we get out of here? yeah, I was just
1: gonna make one quick point about the exposure and uh with job being out it's a good good opportunity to to bring it up as well. I don't know if you've seen the commercial with uh with Ja Moran on the uh, he he does the new spider-man Marvel commercial I guess yes! they have hidden oh, features or I whatever. Love that uh it, it so was much. a great commercial um so and even then i saw people going oh it should have been donovan mitchell or somebody because he's spider yeah. and it's like uh you're gonna get hate you're just gonna get hate everywhere but to get your daily uh john moran intake or your weekly john moran intake just go watch that commercial because it's, it's great stuff
0: it, it is i i I number one i'm a huge nerd and i love marvel yeah and, then to see John Morant when I think uh, Sharon Brown was the first person that I saw, uh, she retweeted and she's like, Oh, John's got a Spider-Man commercial. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And, and so I go watch it. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like he, he he did well. He, he did, did very he well. Did. Like, give him an Oscar. Get like, yeah, that's it. We, we, uh, he's going to be, uh, getting his uh, parades on bill street and bringing home Oscars for his acting ability. Yeah. He, he killed it. It was great to see he is, he is um, more than a one-trick pony. He can do more than just play basketball. He can act as well. You love to see it. Great, again, great showing from the Grizzlies tonight against the Pacers. Prove their record of 51-23. and 23. I slowed down there because I was on the wrong page, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. 51-23 and 23 on the season. They are two and a half games up, currently above the Warriors for that 2-3 spot. Going to yep. be interesting to see how that plays out for them. Candice, let them know where they can find you. And then I will get us out of here. All right.
1: You can find me on Twitter at chawks 901 Is at C as in cat, Hawks901. Take it away, David.
0: The show is on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I am at DavidW2111. Isaac is Isaac underscore rivals. He will be back with us. Hopefully, hopefully he gets past this sickness. I think it's going to be short-lived. Best wishes to him. Feel yep. better soon, Isaac. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after the Bucks game for another post game. We may try to sneak one in sometime in the middle of the week here, just because Isaac was not able to come on. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll see. We, we, we yeah. appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Go find us on Twitter. We enjoy the engagement with you all. We will get out of here. until next time. We go.